don't you just love long intros i mean i don't so i'm probably not gonna do that again i apologize for that hey everyone welcome to my podcast legit cool where i give you my not so professional deep dive critique on movies and tv series and today's episode is on a tv series continuing on from the previous one that i've done the latest disney plus series from marvel studios hawkeye and this is episode two called hide and seek uh this episode runs for about 52 minutes long is directed by the same guy reese thomas i believe yes reese thomas who is one of the creators of the show he directed the previous one and also this one and this episode is a continuation or let's say a direct continuation from the first one um so if you haven't actually seen this episode make sure you just hit pause because why would you want to spoil the episode for yourself and that's right i'm actually going to get into full-on spoilers with this episode because it's a tv series and they're very short and my episodes uh reviewing tv series as such is probably going to be pretty short <laughs> i said that in the previous episode but it ended up being pretty much the same length as my movie reviews so uh forget everything i just said it's it's all a lie just uh just listen to the episode and forget about the runtime um because i know you want to sit here and listen to me talk about movies and tv series for hours and hours and hours which by the way a reminder if you um did listen to the previous episode i spoke about how i'm going to be doing a full-on full-on episode regarding the marvel cinematic universe um uh, phase four i should say not the whole marvel cinematic universe because that'll, that'll that'll literally be ours um i'm gonna do an episode with a couple of my friends who are huge fans of the mcu we're going to be covering phase four up until now and when i say now i mean up until spider-man no way home um this is a great episode for those who have maybe missed a bunch of things that are pretty important for you to know going into spider-man no way home it's also a great episode for MCU fans alike. And it's a good episode for people who are probably not big fans of the MCU, but enjoy a lot of the movies and haven't quite seen some of the TV series and whatnot. This is a perfect episode for you because we're going to cover as much as we can within a couple of hours in the episode. I thought about maybe doing up to three, but I think two hours is good for us to discuss like as much as we can <laughs> um we could we could be talking for hours and I'm, I'm pretty sure of it it's it's not that hard for us but um we're gonna limit to limit to two two hours and um yeah we're just gonna cover all the vital things all the important events that has happened in phase four so far um to prep all of you for spider-man no way home that being said i just before i get into this i do want to say thank you to those who have continue to listen to my podcast showing your support sharing and liking and commenting on my instagram and my facebook page and whatnot um thank you so much for showing your support i really appreciate it, it really helps my show and if you know other people that really enjoy listening to people review movies and tv series then feel free to just share the link you know it's it doesn't hurt when you share a little bit <laughs> um so let me get into this episode um episode two is right now it's kind of rated to be the best out of the two it's got on imdb it's got 0.2 
uh, points above the previous one. So it's not too much of a stretch. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, probably not the best uh, rating meter because there's only six critic reviews and it's 100%. Uh, so not the best indicator of uh, the quality of the, show, of the episode. But it's like, nonetheless, it is a very, very quality episode. And I do have to agree with most people who agree with the consensus is that episode two is better than the uh, first one. But I know that there is a lot of people saying that there, the episode is episode two is far better than the first one. I, I don't think that's the case. I really enjoyed the first one, as you would have known if you have listened to my previous episode. Um, but I do very much like this a little bit more. It has a bit more to do, I'd say, especially with uh, Clint's character. Clint's character has much more to do in this. Um, and so does Kate Bishop. She has a lot more to do in this. And I love the way they start the episode. It's it's directly coming off the back of episode one. It's like back to back. Episode one ended with both of them in the alleyway where they meet each other for the first time. Clint confronts uh, Kate Bishop under the hooded Ronin uh, costume and um, to his surprise finds out that it's actually a young girl. Um, he probably thinks she's a teenager because that's how young she looks. I mean, Haley can pull herself off to be a, a teenager for sure. Um, so he's super surprised and she, she uh, realizes that it's actually Hawkeye, her number one idol since she was a kid that's how she got into archery that's how she got into the whole kind of vigilante uh, uh persona let's say and um i just love how how Haley, <laughs> like her acting chops is just insane it looks like she's got 20 years plus acting experience um she really is convincing when she um shows her like how starstruck she is when she meets Hawkeye face to face. It's been her idol since she's like, I don't know, 14 years old or something. And it's such a convincing moment when they have that moment in the alleyway. So I really like that um, at the end of episode one, and then they carry on that at the beginning of episode of this episode. And um, what they managed to do in this is quite a bit without making the episode feel like it was uh sort of strangled or sort of choking itself uh for storytelling if you know what i mean and we we get to see more of um the the expectations that are weighing down on clint button and those expectations are he wants to go home to his family but now he has to deal with this crisis that is bringing up his past his past of when he was ronin during that five-year blip or that five-year disappearance um, of half the population. And because it's creeping up, he has to find a way to deal with that. He has to deal with it because if he doesn't deal with it, it's going to follow him home. But but at this point of the series, nobody knows that it's actually Clint Button. Everybody just thinks that it's this, this young girl called Kate Bishop. Um, so... You know, I, I guess on one hand, you know, Clint can probably think, I, I could just run away and just leave it up to this young kid to, to take the responsibility and the blame of being Ronin, which of course he's not going to do. How crazy and sadistic would that be? <laughs> so 
um, this this episode does a lot to play on um, Clint managing his expectations for um, keeping the promise with his family, going home for Christmas, while also um, taking on that responsibility of one, looking after Kate Bishop, making sure that she doesn't get herself involved in this whole uh, criminal underworld by being the Ronin, and two, clearing his name at the same time. Uh, that's a lot of pressure for someone who really wants to stay in retirement. And I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point he's he, he's probably super out of practice. He doesn't have. Um, it'd be interesting to see if uh, they show that he has been out of practice. If that is the case, you know, showing that he's actually missing his targets and um, he can't shoot an arrow as accurate as as he can and he can't fight as as good as he as he should be or or as good as he was um i wonder if that if they're gonna do that in that in, in the series and if they do i caught it you heard it right here um and, and it just would make sense i think because he's been in retirement and of course if you're in retirement you're not going to really be practicing your archery or your you know whatever you call it, your bow and arrow skills or you're not going to be like sparring with anybody unless he's sparring with his kids i don't know anyway i digress um it's uh yeah th this episode does a great job at showing that there's all these layers to clint that needs to be uncovered and he needs to deal with the um this situation of ronan coming back from the past and the mafia is after ronan because of it's, it's clear that Ronan has done something to make a lot of people angry in the Mafia world. Um, so, um, as Kate as Kate actually um, has this engagement with Clint, um, she tries to, or actually Clint tries to negotiate, it's not really a negotiation, but they, they have this discussion around how we're going to get your name cleared because everybody's after you now because they think you're Ronan um the dynamics that they have within um these very few not very few scenes but the dynamics they have in these scenes is just it's powerful the chemistry that they share is so convincing and i'm really enjoying it um they they manage to have this chemistry in which you think these guys have been friends or um uh acquaintances for years or something i think that's it's a great expression of um, how mature Haley is as an actress, even though she's, I think she's in real life, she's only like 24 years old and she's playing a 22 year old or something like that. And she just looks like she has so much experience, like she's outperforming people. I mean, that's how good she is. And so when they're on screen together, their chemistry is just perfect. It's pitch perfect. And um they tr they're trying to figure out how they're gonna you know claire ronan's name and claire her name so that she's safe because she's a young a young woman um so she goes home um to back to her parents or actually she goes to her mom played by vera famiga um to look for some kind of protection because that's it was under the instruction of hawkeye hawkeye's telling her you need to go somewhere safe you need to go somewhere where you can be well protected and so she manages to convince Hawkeye that I can just go to my mom because she's literally the owner or the CEO of a 
um, prestigious security firm, if not the greatest security firm in the United States. I mean, that's probably inferred there, or it's probably assumed, I suppose. Anyway, um, so she goes back to to her mom to look for protection, um, and now she's having to confront the um, the quote unquote stepdad or soon to be stepdad, which is played by um, uh, Tony Dalton, who is Jack Jack Duque, aka the Swordsman, and she has this massive suspicion that that this guy is dodgy as heck, like super super dodgy. You know, he's he's got a villainy um, all over, like written all over his forehead. You know, he's you can smell it on him kind of thing, and she suspects it straight away. And, and they start to unravel more of that suspicion in this episode. And it's so well crafted. It's actually really well directed because when they sit down and have dinner, she's pretty much interrogating Jack Duque, Duque and trying to bring the dark secrets out that he's hiding, that she suspects. And he, he's, he actually does a really good job at playing this dodgy villainy type dude very convincing and somewhat subdued in his character um and tries to play poker face type thing um he's really good at doing this <laughs> really good at performing that character and they get they get into this uh fencing competition because between the two characters because um she brings it up is like you know why, why don't we just um settle this um uh i don't know how they actually talk about it um but their dialogue sort of escalates to a point where she says why don't we just um have a have a battle just like have a bit of a duel um a fencing duel and so they have a fencing duel and he's clearly just like holding back clearly holding back sort of playing the whole oh you're too good for me and i'm not good enough you're just too skilled well done you know you're a champion archer and all that and she knows it's complete BS and she catches him off guard by throwing in a cheap shot just as a way to prove the point that this guy is a skilled swordsman and he's hiding it and he's clearly hiding a bunch of secrets. I thought that whole scene was really well directed and Haley, of course, just puts in, keeps on putting in these great performances. And so as that scene comes to an end, she goes and she, she she takes that all that information and tries to bring it to Hawkeye. And Hawkeye's not answering his phone. Um, she's wondering where he is and ends up being kind of like a chase and pursuit type thing. Um, so uh, what what she manages to do is she she taps in again into her kind of investigative skills or curiosity and wants to go find out what's happened to clint why is he not answering his phone and so she actually taps his phone which is it's kind of funny like i'm always wondering like how did she how did she tap his phone she used um her mom's security uh breach protocol or something like that um using her app the bishop security app to track down hawkeye's phone and you'd think that you know with hawkeye he's He's an Avenger, so surely he has like the most secure phone in the world. But I think he just has a flip phone or something like that. It's, maybe it's a burner phone. Who knows? Um. So, yeah, like the whole episode sort of turns out to be this uh, sort of chase and pursuit, 
let's let's go find out where all of this is going down let's go find out who the tracksuit mafia is and what do they want um and clint's wanting to just deal with whoever is after him and and it's un i'm unsure in how he wants to deal with this does he want to kill the person that's a part of uh that's that's organizing this um tracksuit mafia gang like I don't, does he want to negotiate it's it's unclear I, i'm willing to say that that hawkeye being hawkeye you know he's he's a, he's a moral guy and he doesn't want any more trouble the only reason why he went around killing people as ronin's because he lost his whole family from the snap and he had nothing left and so he was just filled with resentment and rage and anger and all he wanted to do was just kill people because he didn't know who was responsible for the snap um so you, you can only assume that he's turned his life around and you know he's back to being uh goody two-shoes uh clamp button and he just wants to be there for his family and he wants to stay in retirement so um i'm not really sure how they're going to deal with this whether he's just going to go in there try and negotiate with the with the number one villain and in this case we know it's echo um or he's just gonna straight up kill echo who knows um but it's <laughs> what's really cool is that like clint is he's 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 willing to cooperate with um the tracksuit mafia like it doesn't phase him that he's he gets tied up and um you know that <laughs> that he's he's like under some kind of threat it's not a threat to him i mean Clint's Clint's been he thought Thanos you know so nothing phases him anymore like he's 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 reached the pinnacle of what could be the most threatening opposition possible Thanos the guy who like wiped out half the universe so it doesn't phase him and I like how he's very whimsical about it he's very relaxed and casual about the fact that he's tied up and it also fits into the tone of the series that this the, the tone of the series is is not this dark serious brooding um atmosphere or environment it's it's all very light and um i like that about clint and i like that about this um series so um as it comes to the end of the episode we meet echo and I think I explained a little bit about who uh, Echo was in the previous episode. But Echo is an arch nemesis. Maybe not an arch nemesis. I think I'm making that up. Uh, Echo is a villain to Hawkeye in the Hawkeye comic book series. And she also ends up becoming uh, Ronan at some point in the comic series, I think. Um, so she's a deaf character and it's also played by a real life deaf actress which is really cool um we're starting to see a little bit of the theme here where in eternals we also had a deaf character um playing the role of uh makari and she's also deaf in real real life um so it's actually nice to see um these actors making their mark on hollywood um so we just get introduced to echo and that's really about it the the whole that whole scene where echo is in that red room it does remind me a lot of kingpin um the the villain in the daredevil series and there has been rumors of vincent dioforonio i don't know how to pronounce his last name the guy who plays kingpin 
There's been rumors that that he is in the Hawkeye series. I don't know if those rumors are true, but you know, you know what it's like with the fan community. We're always coming up with some kind of story if like if we get hinted at something if there's like a paper clip on the ground we'll be like oh that's the paper clip from daredevil <laughs> you know that's that's how crazy we can get with uh with um theories and speculations and um and rumors and stuff like that so um yeah i, I think there was a mention of a, a leaked set photo of vincent diofrano um on the hawkeye series I'm not sure. I didn't actually look into it because I don't really want to look into it too much. Um, when I'm getting into any Marvel content, um, especially if it's just fresh, like I only heard about this uh, rumor, I think last week when the series dropped. So um, if if rumors are getting dropped as the series are getting dropped, I don't really want to look into it. I'd rather just watch the series and just see how the series plays out. And if it becomes true, then that's great. And then we're, we've got a clear indication an acknowledgement that daredevil exists within this universe and if it does happen it makes sense because like i said in the previous episode hawkeye is is a very grounded tv series it's probably the most grounded next to uh falcon and winter soldier and so it's the most grounded that we've ever been to human beings because we've all we've been we've been entertained with um uh everything from massive world building universe like multiverse big ideas big concepts in the mcu so far um it, but it's been a long time since we've been pulled back down to earth so to speak i think the last time that we had anything really grounded when it comes to the mcu movies we're we're talking about movies that came out in phase one um the rest of the movies after that they're all very very much dealing with ideas such as the mystical arts, the um, the multi-universe, um, extraterrestrial, galactic, massive stuff. You know, so so it's it's been a while since we've actually come down to Earth, um, and I think I that's another thing that I really like about the series is that we managed to make it a bit more grounded, and this is probably the most grounded that we ever get in the MCU. Um, so. Uh, this is um i really enjoyed this episode and and i'm wondering if um the the last four episodes because there's only six episodes in this, in, in this entire series i'm wondering if the next four episodes is going to escalate to get better and better and better because not that you expect that from all tv series for um the episodes to have some kind of inclination to be better and better and better there's usually sort of a up and down type thing going on and some of the tv series do a better job at going up and down and it's rhythm for good average and bad episodes but because there's only six you'd i kind of expect it to just escalate to get better and better and better and reach its um, climactic ending there's a few things that i want to theorize here before i end this episode um we know that uh yelena Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow's sister, she is going to make an appearance in this. Um, at what point she makes an appearance, I'm I'm unsure. I, I think I did have a look at which episode she's going to be in, but I can't remember actually which episodes they are. So it could be the next one, or it could be the fourth one. Who knows? 
she's going to make an appearance in this. And if you'd seen Black, Black Widow, I'm also going to give a massive spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Black Widow, then um, block your ears right now or press pause or I don't know. <laughs> there, at the end, <coughs> excuse me, um, the end credit scene in Black Widow, Yelena's at the grave of her sister, Natasha Romanoff. And it's such a, a little bit of a sad moment because it, it it immediately transported me to that time of Endgame. Um, in that scene, she meets... Uh, what's her name? I forget her name. I should just look it up. Uh, excuse me. I'm just going to look this up. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know it's not what I'm talking about, but this character is in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I can't remember her name, but um, uh, let's go to all cast. So yeah, Yelena is the sister of Natasha, right? And it's very clear by the end of the episode that ah, her name is Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, played by Julia Dreyfus. How crazy is that? Julia Dreyfus, I think everybody only really knows her for Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so she plays a character called Valentina Fontaine. And Valentina Fontaine is, is a part of this group of, I want to say villains, but they're not complete villains um, in the comic series. They're a little bit morally ambiguous i'd say and um basically her character shows up at the end she introduced well not introduced but she she clearly knows who yelena is and yelena knows her they've made some kind of deal or kind of job to get her in the past she shows up at the end and she basically makes a proposition to um yelena and that, that proposition is i want you to um do another job for me take out this person the person who's responsible for the death of your sister and then as the camera turns to the ipad where she's showing her it's a picture of clint clint barton in the hawkeye and sorry in the ronin suit and my heart sunk because i was like oh no i mean this is a clear one this is a clear connection to the hawkeye series and two is is part of the hawkeye series going to be about clint coming head to head with yelena in some kind of weird way he probably doesn't know who yelena is like he's probably unsure on who natasha romanoff's family is or family members um we can only assume that she, he doesn't know anything about her family um but uh and if that's the case you know he's gonna come across yelena because yelena's gonna be tracking him um, it's going to be some kind of um, murder mission type thing going on. And so, you know, at some point in the Hawkeye series, she's going to show up with this job to assassinate him. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all comes about. But my theory is, is that maybe she's the one that's going to be responsible for killing Clint. Now, it's, it's probably not going to be the case. Like, it'll be a very sad ending to clint's story uh, i don't think it'll bode well with his arc necessarily um but if they do kill him off in this series from yelena's hands then so be it i mean it 
they'll have to do a pretty damn good job at ending that arc if it's if it's a death arc or if it's death to the end of his arc um but my like sort of further to my theory i think if that does happen it's 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 gonna come to a point where um she finds out that actually clint was the best friend of natasha you know and and it's, it's too late to sort of realize that oh my gosh i've just killed natasha's best friend and maybe natasha's told me a lot about this guy clint before um and never really knew how involved clint was with natasha's life and natasha turning her life around um for the better or actually natasha turning clint's life around for the better so maybe there's kind of a whole moment that happens with those two characters and then she ends up trying like her character arc ends up becoming some kind of redemption arc for the remaining series or the remaining movies that she ends up being in so anyway that that's that's kind of one of my favorite theories that i have and the second theory that i have is that this is this is very much centered in new york right and so it, it seems quite obvious that this is their way of introducing daredevil into the universe because like i said before this is a very grounded tv series and this is all about trying to um eliminate any kind of uh criminal activity that's happening in new york especially when it it is the consequence or it's the it's the effects that um ronan had on the under underworld mafia so it, is, it, it seemed to me that it's obvious to introduce daredevil because daredevil was involved with um the kingpin and his mafia so like it'll be it'll be hard to not allow that cross paths if you know what i mean um and here's here's one more thing that i was thinking about earlier today is that they decided to bring out hawkeye series you know at the end of november right and they're not going to finish all six episodes until spider-man no way home now by the time spider-man no way home comes out we would have been up to episode five wait is that right so we've got episode three episode four yeah we'll be at episode five unless they do two episodes again and then make it as if episode six. oh how crazy would that be maybe it gets up to episode six yeah maybe they release two and then another two in time for no way home and i'm getting sidetracked a little bit here. <laughs> um what i'm trying to say is that there's there's a reason why they made there's always a tr- strategic reason why marvel studios would do certain things when it comes to releasing movies and tv series and this is this is pretty much right in the middle if not the end of the tv series before spider-man no way home comes out and this is where i'm getting at is that maybe there's something that happens in the episode or the end of the episode that's going to be linked to spider-man no way home why do i think that because this is all based in new york city and um it's 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 quite unclear what at what time period is spider-man no way home happening um we we don't really know that yet we can kind of assume when it is but we do know for sure that hawkeye series is 
is two years after the snap, two years after everybody comes back. We only know that because I found that out through uh, Trin Tran, who's one of the executive producers. She mentions that this is two years after. <laughs> so that's 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 a clear indicator. So maybe Spider-Man No Way Home is about two years after the whole thing as well. And there's some kind of cross that happens, some cross section that happens between the Hawkeye series and Spider-Man No Way Home, only because it's in the same city. It just seems so weird that all these things would be happening while Spider-Man No Way Home is happening. And yes, they're going into different parts of the multiverse but um it's got to start in the own in their own timeline and they're in their own 1999 timeline so anyway i can i can go on and on about theories with the tv series but i want to bring this episode to an end thank you so much for listening again make sure you hit the notification so you know when the next episode is going to drop um, check out my socials um, on instagram on facebook instagram is at legit cool podcast and my Facebook is Legit Cool Movies and Sometimes TV Series Reviews. My name is River Billy. Thank you so much, and I will catch you in the next episode of Legit Cool. Bye, everyone.